We have been looking at the book of Proverbs together, and we've been looking at subjects through the book of Proverbs because it's not a verse-by-verse study necessarily, and we've been through several subjects, and the last subject we looked at was a worker, someone working or someone lazy, and God contrasted that, the diligent worker, the lazy man. And I made a suggestion that things have turned so upside down in our world that men call evil good and good evil, that today the diligent worker is very seldom rewarded in this lifetime by his fellow peers, and that those who choose not to work, not because they, they cannot, but because they will not, those who choose not to work seem to be rewarded more than men. But that's on earth here. That's here on earth. That's not in glory. One day... Uh, we will receive our reward and glory. Part two of this is business principles. God wants us to be good business people. Now, you may not own a business, but the way you conduct yourself in business, any transaction you make is a business transaction. And often we get involved with buying and selling something, and we want to be careful that we maintain God's rule of order for us as Christians. Now, obviously, we, all of us want a good deal, do we not? We all want the best deal we can get. And really, a good deal is what you're willing to buy it for and what the seller is willing to sell it for. But some Christians and some unsaved people, of course, get very unscrupulous. They'll, they'll even go over the edge as far as trying to determine is to rip off either the person they're buying from or selling to. So we want to look at a couple things in the scriptures having to do with business principles. So if we could look at, just very quickly, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. God deals a lot with business. So remember, the Jews were constantly selling. Most Jews have their own business or had their own business. All the way up both sides of the Temple Mount, if you'd go to Jerusalem, even unto today, back in Herod's day, there were booths all along the Temple Mount, and they were for the purpose of people selling their wares. If you were to travel to Israel today and go outside of the northern gate, the Damascus Gate, there's hundreds and hundreds of people out there selling their wares, handcrafted stuff, you know, stuff purchased somewhere else and resold, goods, vegetables, you name it, being sold. The Jews and, of course, the Arabs, are great salespeople. They're looking to add some income to their life. So God, in his wisdom, in the book of Proverbs, gave them, the Jewish people particularly, obviously, from Proverbs, some mandates concerning buying and selling and their attitude. We're in Proverbs chapter 3. Look at verses 9 and 10 for a moment, please. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. When does that happen? When you honor the Lord with the substance of your increase. Whatever God blesses you with, God gives it to us in order that we might help others. So whether it's a little or a lot, God has given you what you have for the purpose of sharing and for the purpose of honoring God with what you have. Whether it's a little or a lot, remember Paul told Timothy to be content with such things as you have. And when you honor God with what you have, he will bless that. Now, that does not mean you'll be independently wealthy. That's the Pentecostal charismatic movement. 
if you give a lot, you'll get a lot. Just send me 50 bucks and I'll pray over it and God will give you 200. Well, if you'd like to do that, I'll pray over you 50. I don't know if he'll give you two or not. You know, it, it, this is claiming something that's out of your control. That's not what God's word is talking about. But God will bless, and sometimes he doesn't bless with the physical for you using your goods, your finances. Sometimes he'll bless with the spiritual. But he's going to bless you now or in the end for using your goods wisely. Also, let's look, if we can, please, at Proverbs chapter 22, just for a moment. Verse 2, God is not impressed with our money. It seems that some people think that God is impressed because they have a lot of money. He owns it all. He's not impressed with what you have. Remember when the Psalms, when he told the nation of Israel, he said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you. If I had needs, I wouldn't come to you for them. He said, the way you've failed is you thought I was altogether such a one as you are. See, they thought God would be impressed with what they gave him. He's not. And we're in Proverbs 22 and verse 2. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Now, for an Old Testament Jew, prosperity came from obedience. If they honored the Lord, he would increase their crops. If they honored the Lord, he would increase their flock. If they honored the Lord, he would increase their children. Israel was always promised kids, cattle, and crops. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't need to tell you that. That's not a promise for New Testament Christians. Not a promise at all. As a matter of fact, you've heard me say this, I'm sure, he doesn't even have to supply you with food. He doesn't have to. Many of our brothers and sisters starved to death in Roman prisons. Many of them. Well, what does it mean he'll supply all your need? He has in Christ Jesus. It's all taken care of. Whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. So if you don't have a lot, that's okay. If you have a lot, that's okay. If you don't have anything, that's okay. God doesn't have to come up with something for you. You just have to trust him. Just continually trust him. And in the end, will be our blessing. All our blessings are in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. It's all up there, not here. But Israel as a nation was promised, and we're going to see this in the book of Jeremiah, they were promised earthly goods. We're promised no earthly goods anywhere in the scriptures. None. We're promised him. And that's what we rely upon. And we're thankful for what he supplies us with, a lot or a little, we're thankful for whatever we have, but recognize God is not impressed with what you have. Can't buy anything by it, not with him at least. So we could look, for example, at Luke, and I won't have you turn there, but a man's life does not, does not exist or pertain to the objects that he has, the abundance that he has. You say, well, that guy's a millionaire. He did something right. Well, maybe he did something wrong, you know. Maybe he was a crook. Maybe he did something illegal. Now, maybe he got it in the right way, and that's fine, and if he did that, all that's wonderful. But I'm a millionaire, too. As a matter of fact, I'm a billionaire. You didn't know that, did you? It's just I haven't cashed it in yet. When I cash it in and you get there, I'll share some of it with you. It's all in glory. It's all in him. It's in Christ. So money cannot and will not buy the kingdom of heaven. It can't buy salvation. Let's look at a couple of Proverbs on that, please. Turn with me to uh, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 2. 
We're to honor the Lord with our substance, whatever it is, a lot or a little, whatever I have, I want to honor him with it. Proverbs chapter 10, and I'm interested uh, right in verse 2, please. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. You see, just because a Jew had a lot didn't mean he was a righteous person. But righteousness would deliver from judgment, from death or from judgment. Proverbs 11, 4 and 5, same thing, 11, 4 and 5, please. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall down in his own wickedness. God wants us to know riches don't profit anything. You say, well, in this life they do. I can get this. I can get that. If you're truly a born-again believer, you realize all that's going to be burned up. It doesn't matter a bit. In 1970, I had a 1970 Chevrolet Nova SS. Oh, I love that car. It was a 396 with four bolt mains. If you know what that is, you don't care what that is. But it was, a, it was one of the most powerful cars on the road in its day. And uh, I polished it, and I waxed it. In the winter, I sprayed underneath it to get the rust out, you know, so that no salt water would do that. Uh, I, I, I tuned the motor. I babied the motor. I had the motor all redone and all this business. And some girl smashed into it. <clears throat> to this day, I weep over that. No, I don't do that, but... <clears throat> I'm just trying to point out all the stuff we have is junk. It's wood, hay, and stubble. And unless you use it for the honor of the Lord, you're gonna, there's no reward in any of it. All of it is just junk. Proverbs 13, please, in verse 7. Proverbs 13, 7 for a moment. <clears throat> it's a wonderful passage here. Strikingly difficult for us. There is he that maketh himself rich, and yet he has nothing. There is he that makes himself poor, and yet he has great riches. Isn't that a great passage of scripture? <clears throat> if you give it away, if you give it to the Lord, he's going to bless. He's going to bless. If you keep it for yourself and hoard the stuff, what happens with money? Well, there's a couple of uh, scripture passages about that. Turn with me to Proverbs 23 for a moment. Proverbs 23. <clears throat> Proverbs 23. I love this passage. <clears throat> and I am living proof of this passage. Proverbs 23, 5. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They flyeth away like the eagle. <laughs> Isn't that great? <clears throat> Isn't that, is that not true? You know how much money has passed through these hands in my lifetime? Gone. Nothing. There's nothing. Why? It, it just flies away, doesn't it? It's not a big deal. God is not impressed with what you have. There's some people that think that, you know. You know, Jesus was rich. I heard that once from a charismatic guy. I thought, you poor person. Wake up. What's wrong with you? The Lord Jesus said, even the foxes have holes. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He is rich, 
But when he walked this earth, he was not rich. Why? Because it means nothing. That stuff is nothing. Be content with such things as uh, you have. Okay, very quickly, Proverbs 27.24, please. 27.24. 27.24. For riches are not forever. And notice, and, let me continue on, that the crown endure for every generation. So the crown doesn't endure. Riches don't last forever, and neither does a position in life. It just doesn't last. Why? Because they're fleeting. Those, that's men's impression of them, that everything's good, everything, money is a good thing. Another place, please, in, in uh, 15 and 16, Money is alluring. That's the problem with it, is it not? It's alluring. If, you, uh, if you've ever seen a big pile of money, you just want to jump at the thing for some reason. You know, Money is alluring, and it can be a drawing factor in our life. But we re if we recognize that God is not impressed with that, it has a tendency to hold us back in our want or greed for it. When Proverbs chapter 15, look at verse 16 for a moment. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. You, you know the story. The Kennedys were beyond wealth. You know the story. Would you trade with them for anything? Horrible, horrible lives. You say, well, it was their own fault. I don't know if it was their own fault, but they sure proved this. They sure proved this one. You couldn't buy the trouble that they had. You couldn't buy your way out of it. It came their way. Then there's a beautiful passage here, please. Notice in verse 15. And better is a dinner of herbs than uh, where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Essentially, what, you know what a stalled ox is? That thing's called veal. Uh, an ox that's stalled is something that can't move, and, and so all, even his muscles, everything in him becomes very, very tender. But it's better, he said, to eat dandelion greens than to have this and, and be happy than to have this ox that can supply hundreds of pounds of meat in trouble with them. It's better to eat dandelion greens. So one passage of scripture I wonder about, you know. I like meat a lot, you know, but that's what God says. It's better to have herbs than to have an abundance and hatred therewith. Now, when we're talking about money, uh, you know this very well, and I only have one minute left. God tells us not to be dishonest. And this is interesting because he talks about this in varied ways, and you know most of the way is wrong weights. Wrong weights. You know what weights are in a scale <clears throat> that uh, when you brought your goods to a, a place, they would weigh those goods. And if, uh, if, if the guy would put in poundage of silver or gold and whatever the poundage came to, uh, whatever they weighed, well, that's what your goods were worth. But uh, this fellow would often make it lighter so that you had to put more goods on. Or heavier, so you had to put more goods on. Whatever he was trying to do, th this was stealing from people when they had wrong weights. That is, they were a wrong balance scale. And so God lets us know that cheating someone 
cheating someone is very contrary to his word. Now, I mentioned to you I like a deal, and I know you like a deal. As a matter of fact, when you go to, for example, the Middle East, I've been to Israel on a dozen occasions, when you go there, people are discouraged with you if, you don't, if you're not willing to barter with them. And I like it. It's fun, kind of. But then you get to a serious point where this guy has $10 invested in this item, and you want it for 5 and you try to rip the guy off. Listen, he worked hard for that. He worked hard for that thing. You should at least give him what it's worth. You shouldn't try to steal from him. I've, I've, I've seen some guys in action at buying cars, and you, you, can, you can make an insult out of yourself. You can actually be a poor testimony for the Lord if you're not careful. Screaming and yelling and You'll, you'll want it for less than the car company owns it for. Well, we know that doesn't happen. But all I'm pointing out is, is it worth that to lose your dignity? Is it worth it to lose your testimony over a couple of cents? Remember one time in Israel, I, I uh, haggled with a guy over some bowls that he had, some very beautiful bowls. <clears throat> and um, I wanted to bring them home to Nance. And so I kind of bartered with him, and he wouldn't come down to what I thought, and I thought, well, I'm not going to buy him here. I'll look for more bulls throughout this marketplace. So I went, and I, and I found some bulls, and they were much cheaper uh, than his bull. And um, we were walking back out that way, and he said, come here, smart American, come here. Uh-oh. So I walked over with my bull. How many shekels did you buy that for? And I told him, I forget the exact amount. He wanted, let's say, 40 shekels for his bowl, and I got this one for, let's say, 30. Oh, he said, you pay 30. Good deal, he said. And he began to show me the bowl I bought compared to his bowl. I got ripped off by the other guy. I should have paid the 40, you know. He said, your bowl will break soon on the way home in my suitcase, the bowl broke. Well, it was no good. It was no good. But see, I, I, was, I wanted the best deal I could. And this guy was honest, and no, he wasn't honest. He was laughing at me, as a matter of fact. Smart American, he said, smart American. But we need to be careful that we're not trying to steal from people. Uh, I won't have you turn there right now. We're going to stop right now. But the scripture talks about saying to the, the seller, it's nothing, it's nothing. And then it says, when you go away, you laugh. In other words, you just beat that guy out of something. Say, well, it's more money in my pocket. Yeah, but there's shame in there. And the Lord is not honored with it. So we need to be careful. A fair day's wage. I've been involved and have seen uh, many Christian men, particularly I've seen this in carpenters because I had two friends that are good carpenters and my father-in-law was a carpenter among Christians. They expect Christian workers, men that work for a living, they expect them to come to their house and work for nothing and work for nothing. Listen, the labor is worthy of his hire. And a good deal is he should be willing it to do it for a little less. And as a Christian, you should be willing to pay him a little more because he's a, he's a Christian. And somewhere that's going to meet in the middle, isn't it? Well, well, we'll talk about this a little bit later on. God wants us as Christians not to be partners with people that are crooked. If they're crooked, get, stay away from them. Don't be partners with those. Don't get involved with those people. So we'll talk about this one more time. It won't be next week. 
And the next time we get together, we'll close out the book of Proverbs together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for your truth, for the book of Proverbs. It enlightens the eyes. It enlightens the soul. It brings us some wisdom that we so desperately need, even in these present days. Father, help us to recognize the principles that are included therein. Help us to realize, Lord, that uh, you have a different day for us as New Testament believers, but your principles remain, uh, that we are not to be ungodly, unkind. We are to trust you with all our heart. We are not to look to take from people, but rather we are to look to uh, spread your word and your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.